Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hi listeners, I'm in Dubai and joining me today on a melting pot is an all-inspiring Malvika Raghavan, who is the founder of Peace of Bake. Now, Peace is spelled P-E-A-C-E. And not P-I-E-C-E, so I'd like to know why from her um, when we start our conversation. So thank you so much, uh, Malvika, for talking to me today. I'd love to hear all about your journey from being in the corporate world, I understand, for nine years, mm-hmm. to now an entrepreneur who's following her dreams. Like, I can say the same about me as well. Um, so over to you, Malvika. Hi, so good afternoon, Payal. It's lovely to meet you. And uh, it's it's funny. I mean, I've, honestly, I've never really had to explain P-E-A-C-E before. <laughs> um, but it came about, about, I would say, I'd quit the corporate world um, about four or five years ago. Okay. And I had reached a point where I was really fed up. I'd spent about nine years working in marketing of food. Okay. I was in FMCG companies, global FMCG companies here in the Middle East. And I had reached a point where I was just creatively starved. I could have been marketing any product. It really didn't matter. But there was something about food that kept me going because I'd clearly been in this industry for about nine years right. and, and it's it all I really food. knew you were always... I mean I was in electronics for like a tiny bit like at the start of my career okay. but I would just say that's an aberration like <laughs> most of the most of the time I was just food, food. Okay. and um there was something about food that just um, that I knew how to do, that I knew how to do well. So I enjoyed the marketing side of it, but it got to a point where it was a bit boring and I felt creatively stifled in the sense that I could have been marketing any product, I could have been selling anything, and I missed the ability to create something by hand. Yeah. yeah. And um, my parents, so my, my dad's an engineer, 
my mom's an artist oh, and nice. she was so a textile a vis- visual artist textile designer okay and i've always been drawn to the creative arts right. and i never knew it would come out in food and i thought at some point i wanted to be an, a writer that i would want to be a visual artist and at that time that i was contemplating taking a break from my corporate okay. career yeah. i thought maybe i'd go back to art school i was quite undecided about what i would do in the future at that point right but um i knew that somehow i needed to bring it back to food and um, that's when i took a break from my corporate life yeah. i decided to go to culinary school in my 30s okay. so as one of the older ones in my class i had 18 year olds 19 year olds in But class think, with me <clears throat> i think it doesn't matter because you can learn at i learned so i life. learned yeah. a lot i mean i i agree it was it was such a turning point in my career because this was around the time where i um i mean much later on i decided that i would use cakes or food or however i wanted this food journey to go yeah. as a canvas to be able to storytell and use right. and explore the creative journey of food in that way right but um i realized that there were a lot of limitations that came with that when you're a woman in your 30s gone to culinary school and want to make it in a commercial pastry kitchen right it's really hard to do that i did it here um and i remember being the only woman in the pastry kitchen i remember having to lift like 15 liter pans and working really long hours a day and eating rubbish food <laughs> so i mean you were sitting there and making these beautiful decadent pastries that come out to customers right. and you're eating like potato skins and rice i oh, mean and this was at yeah. one of the i mean one of the fanciest like patisserie um gourmet patisserie stores here in dubai right and i told myself i mean if this was going to be really hard i'd do it for 6 months if it was something that i really liked i would learn from this experience and do it for a year hmm. and after having done my career for like i mean i'd worked for 9 years and then i took a break i was so disappointed with myself that i didn't even last a few months in that job because it was incredibly hard so i remember going into this pastry kitchen day after day and i'd come back home to my husband and be like i can't do this but i hate to tell you that i can't do this because <laughs> i mean it i said start, you suddenly start to feel like a failure like oh my god i was doing really well in my career yeah. why did i have to quit and leave that behind to do this thing that i'm not really yeah. sure and yeah. in the beginning it sort of is really hard to figure out exactly what you want but i knew that food was going to be my space and i wanted to continue to find a way for me to enjoy my passion right and not be consumed by it and not be in a place where i felt like oh, this isn't in yeah well. not overwhelmed yeah, yeah. and not in a place where <clears throat> i wasn't really enjoying myself <clears throat> so i decided to take a step back from the kitchen and that's when i started to write a food blog called okay. piece of bake Okay. And in my head I had envisioned this place to be a uh, a safe and happy and wonderful place that would give me a lot of peace and that's what baking always was for me. So when I'd get into the kitchen and bake a cake or bake cookies or brownies or something really simple at home it was so meditative it was such a happy place and I yeah. enjoyed that feeling and I wanted to do more of it. Right. And at the same time I understood that there were a lot of like home chefs in Dubai who 
didn't have formal culinary school experience right. who would probably want to know how to bake that perfect cake or how to you know sort of demystify the art of baking for the home baker so i started to write my blog and i started to take pictures and i started to and slowly i started to become more and more popular on social media and at that time a lot of local restaurants so i'm talking about smaller restaurants and smaller brands started to reach out to me to say hey we see that you have formal culinary school experience and we see that you're writing all of these blogs that's like recipes that seem to be really popular we'd like you to design a um, dessert menu for our restaurant and that's when i said i mean i every every decision i've ever made since i quit my corporate job has been in a place where i don't feel afraid to take a risk yeah. i don't yeah. feel afraid to what do i have to lose yeah. i mean and i feel that's you know that's very actually that's um very well said because anybody who has a passion and you know you starting from an idea basically and then that idea is is developing as you go along exactly and you just feel that okay i mean if it if it doesn't work out i always have something to fall back on but um because it's an idea which is combined with passion you just want to you you have that inner drive right and also i realized that i mean i had spent pretty much all of my education doing business i did my masters i did my mba yeah. i'd always been in marketing and then if in my head i had i decided if i were to fail in my career after having done all of this i think i would have felt really bad <laughs> but i knew i was like the new kid on the block yeah. and i knew that it would be something i mean this whole process i would learn through it yeah. and i allowed myself the ability to make mistakes yeah. to figure things out as i go yeah. and be aware that there might be opportunities that come up that could potentially shift your career in a new direction yeah. and it yeah. might be something that i might end up liking yeah. So I started to do So it's all very experimental, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's yeah. a fantastic way I I mean I I enjoy learning like that. Um there are lots of things that I have succeeded at, failed at, but I mean I've just realized that it's given me the ability to pivot yeah. really quickly. So I know now yeah. okay mm. this isn't working or this direction isn't particularly working for me. Mm. I'll move. I'll just pivot and I have the ability to turn and and try and figure something out and that's really that that's helped right. um so this is around the time i started to do dessert menus for restaurants and it started to work out i started to get more and more gigs um so and you, when you say dessert menu was it um just designing the menu uh, or you were also uh, creating i mean you were also doing so i was the... doing everything from the concept to the actual recipe <coughs> testing training okay. of their staff okay. and following up on quality making sure um you know like service staff knew how to sell it to customers so right. an end to end solution i realized that i also the marketing side of it for restaurants for smaller restaurants was something that they weren't particularly sure about how to do yeah. obviously yeah. they didn't have dedicated staff to have a separate pastry chef yeah. which yeah. is where i came in to design dessert menus but they also didn't know how to for example do food photography or right. present things on a menu or what kind suggest, of flavors suggest, yeah. yeah and also how to maybe 
co-sell something. So sell this along with a coffee or so I realized that some of my marketing experience came into play. A lot of my food experience came into play. And this is when I started to reach out to other specialists that I wasn't so, I mean, I wasn't a food photographer at this point. I wasn't a food stylist at this point. But I started to reach out to people all through social media and start to build a network around some of the more specialized functions that I wasn't entirely aware of how to do on my own. But I knew that if I collaborated with people, the product of what we would offer together would be much better than me going at it individually. Yeah. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. I think what you're saying is combining skills. Right? Yeah, and yeah. I think you you now realize, I mean, this is this is also my corporate experience coming into play where you realize you don't have to be that person who knows everything, yeah. who does everything. Yeah. Also, along this journey, it allowed me the ability to now hone in on a skill. I'm really good at this one thing or two things. Let me focus on that. Hmm. But as value addition, I can also offer... Yeah. another service yeah. that I'd be happy to collaborate with a friend on yeah. and offer the customer even better value. Right. So because of the ability to collaborate with some wonderful people through the last few years, the kind of services that we're able to offer as a team are far better than, I mean, a single person going at it yeah. Yeah. for some of these other brands. Yeah. So through the process, we've done... Tons of work with on menu development, on uh, branded content for food for food brands, right. and um, it's been it's been incredible. So that is the main part of my business. Okay. Um, and before I even started with the restaurant work, a lot of the content that I was putting out on my blog was related to cake decorating. Mm. I was I started off learning cake decorating even before I went to culinary school and continued to enjoy making cakes like occasion cakes and birthday cakes. And it was also a really interesting way for me to play around with flavors. Right. So I understood that, okay, certain kinds of flavors probably work together. And the medium that I used to express that was cakes. So it became my go-to. I continued to use, a lot of people would come back to me for like an unconventional flavor of a cake. Right. I continued to make cakes um, for friends, friends of friends. and like I mean, the network kept growing. And again, I had the opportunity through that, through putting cake content out for brands to come back to me and say, oh, you know, we really like the way that you decorate these cakes. And a lot of people seem to be showing interest. Would you be interested in teaching people how right. to cake so decorate ask you about that right well. yeah. so yeah. there are some there I mean I never thought I'd be a teacher I right. never saw myself cake decorating but it was just such an amazing place to be to be in that place where you um, you've done this for a few years and you want to be able to teach someone a skill that you've yeah. had over four years in 30 yeah. minutes or an and hour sharing. and I enjoy yeah. that yeah. and a lot of the I mean Earlier, a lot of the work that I did was about, oh, I enjoy these flavors. Hmm. Let me show you how it's done. Right. Versus now becoming a part of other people's food stories and about their journey. So 
even though I was doing a lot of restaurant work and I continue to do restaurant work and menu development stuff, um, the cake journey became less about me making cakes because it was a way for me to express my creativity. Yeah. I wanted that to become an inclusive process where I teach you how to decorate a cake if you right. have an interest in it, of course. Right. And then you can take that to your friends and family. I mean, right. you don't need to make a commercial business out yeah. of it, but it's still that personal touch yeah. that continues to grow. And I think I like the idea of being a part of someone else's food story, about being a part of someone else's kitchen. I don't necessarily have to be there to right. do it. So is that where, because I, I picked up something from one of your blogs where you say that um, uh, I rediscover my love for art and food and see how they form a great canvas for storytelling and remind us how inspiring the world can be before we all joined the rat race. So, you know, I think it's very interesting the way you, uh, you put, obviously you have a flair with writing as well. <laughs> which, which I promise you now, <laughs> I, I don't do enough of. I mean, I, I, the only storytelling I do is an Instagram caption, which is like, I don't know how many words, but right, it's right. limited to that. And so how many followers do you have? So about uh, three and a half thousand now. Okay. Um, and a similar amount on Facebook. Okay. But um, the idea was always to sort of grow that base and build a community so I have a lot of engagement on my social media accounts and there are a lot of people who continue to come back and the beauty of what I do is my business has pivoted so many times that I was always a bit hesitant and worried will people understand what I do and I would continue to make excuses and sort of like I found I caught myself many times explaining what I do to people. Right. And it's incredible now that I can sit back and I on people come back to me and tell me, "Oh, I get it. You do this and you do this and you also and do I that." I also feel that the more you talk about it with people, the more it kind of um, you're you're able to there's more clarity, right? So I mean, yeah, I can, I get that because also it helps that I am I am the face of Piece of Bake. Yeah. So yeah. people now understand the work that I do. They like my style, my aesthetic, and I think it's just something as an it people are able to understand that you can express. Uh, your creativity and your interest in food in many different ways. Yeah. It could be through cakes, it could be um, through various kitchen experiments, but yeah. that art or that blank canvas can also translate in many other ways. Yeah. So we were talking about how um, at a point where I was doing cake after cake, week after week, cake after cake, week after week, I came to a point where um, I was doing these things out of my kitchen at home and I was really worried that I wouldn't be able to cook a half decent meal for now me and I was married so to my new husband. (laughs) So I actually started a line of um, gourmet spice mixes to help busy people like me and other people working in the corporate um, field here in Dubai to help make gourmet delicious meals 
but really conveniently at home. It doesn't involve you going out to the supermarket having to buy 10 or 15 different spices. So you just kind of blend So it. I blend yeah. all of these spices and these okay. spice mixes I take to farmer's markets and maker's markets around the city. And nice. I've been doing that for two years now. And yeah. Yeah. it's become incredibly popular. Wow. So wow. it's amazing because I am not a good cook. Right. I make pastries, I make desserts, which right. my husband really doesn't like. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm winning no brownie points there. Yeah. But I wanted to be able to cook really flavorsome food conveniently while still sustaining my main business. Yeah. And I, I knew that there would be a market for something like this. And yeah. having worked because in like... have such busy lives, right? It's true. Yeah. And like yeah. having worked in that industry. So, I mean, this is now taking me... It's really funny because I can't now sit here and say, oh, I don't think I would have got... I mean, I, I don't think I really enjoyed FMCG marketing. I would have wanted to give that up. I look back now and I think about all of these little experiences and how they've sort of been such an integral part of my journey yeah. to bring me to where I am today. Yeah. And having spent nine years in marketing of FMCG, that's what I knew how to do. I knew how to do food, but I also knew how to do a food product. Yeah. So. Yeah. I did the packaging, I knew the marketing, I took it to, initially I said I'd take it to makers markets just to sort of get feedback and understand right. and right. see if there was traction around it. We now sell this product online hmm. and it's worked out incredibly to the point where we've built this community where people use the product and yeah. they send back their recipes to grow a community around more and more people who are yeah. flavor flavor patrons and flavor chasers who are interested yeah. in making really interesting different food because and again it goes back to that point of me being part of someone else's food journey yeah. and that's what really in a sense brings me back to that place of finding my true calling and yeah. finding yeah. peace in the kitchen because I realized the other exhausting side of having to work in a kitchen and all of that wasn't as gratifying it was tiring it was exhausting yeah. and I was beginning to resent the stuff that I thought I really liked yeah. versus doing this something like this where I get to be a part of someone else's food story yeah. and um, allowing them to use these spices in a way that appeals to them that is important to them same with how I teach my cakes now yeah. so apart from the food product and the cakes and teaching people about cakes and um, all of the restaurant work that I do, something very recently that I started about um, actually February of this year. Okay. I started, um, I'd hurt my leg, so I had uh, a ligament tear. Okay. And this kept me from the kitchen. I wasn't doing uh, a lot of restaurant work. I wasn't doing a lot of cake work. And at this time, I sort of found myself saying, I need to start to use my hands again. I need to do something because I feel creatively stifled I feel I don't know I'm itching to do something right. and many years ago while I was still working in corporate I had taken up pottery and realized that maybe that might be something I might be interested to do and I said okay I don't know where it's gonna go I never know where anything's ever going <laughs> yeah, to go you have to try it. and I yeah. and I decided that I would try it out and it was a way I was doing a lot of content for my Instagram and for my blog and I wanted to take these interesting food photography pictures that didn't okay. look like generic plates that came from Ikea. Right. There's nothing wrong with an Ikea plate, but it right. just didn't 
sort of represent the kind of food that I was putting out. Right, right. So I said, I'm going to do pottery. I'm going to start to make maybe some plates and cake stands and things that made my food look more interesting. Yeah. I started to put that content out and a lot of people started to get more and more interested in ceramic tableware. And I started to sell this online, mm. take it to food photographers, food stylists, food bloggers who were making a lot of food content right. and offered them a product. At the end of all of that, I said, okay, I mean, I can sell this to individuals, but why don't I bring more value yeah. back to my core business right. where I was doing a lot of menu development work for restaurants? Right. Why don't I also tell them, I can bring a photographer friend in who'll do right. the content, right. but why don't we have these interesting props and ceramics so the product that they're finally presenting can yeah. be even more interesting? Yeah. So now... I do menu development work for restaurants, but I also do the ceramic tableware that they will serve everything on. And I mean, initially, I would be so hesitant to explain to people I do a whole bunch of different yeah. things. Yeah. But it's been incredible. And I think it's all linked, right? You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payo, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. Yeah, and I mean, but that's for what you I. You as one person <laughs> to be, you know, uh, to be kind of bringing it all together, which is what is very inspiring. And I enjoy the harmony of that. I mean, yeah. there are some parts of my business that I do less of now. And. Right. For example, I'm baking fewer and fewer occasion cakes. Right. And I've started to put out um, the notion that every part of my business has to be relevant and of interest to me. I'm not going to do something um, just because... I'm not going to do it for the money. I'm not going to do it just because uh, it's of interest to somebody. Yeah. If I'm going to put in that time and effort, yeah. I want it to make sense for me. That has to come from within as well, right? And, and not yeah, and a lot you, of yeah. and initially, piece of bake started with artisanal bakes, cakes, and spice mixes. Right. And the big play on words, in a sense, was art. Right. Because I wanted it to be about art. I wanted it to be different in terms of the cake, in terms of the taste, the presentation, right. how we would plate things at, you know, desserts for restaurants. But then I realized that the journey wasn't really about art at all. And it had more to do with discovering or unearthing now that the line that we use to explain what we what I do to people is I try and unearth culinary wonders from both the kiln and the kitchen and use that as a canvas for storytelling. So whether it's the ingredients that you use in the cake that you're baking or the way that you will finally plate it on that dish that I've made, that is how the whole story is sort of evolved. From a place of just being baking cakes is of interest to me and it gives me peace, piece of bake now it's sort more of holistic. It, yeah, yeah it has a much more holistic view and yeah. encompasses different product lines and different services but at the heart of it is really um someone who is so passionate about food and really cares about how things are presented yeah. and yeah. and i understand more and more people are interested in yeah. seeing food like that it's yeah. no longer just about a product that tastes good yeah. you yeah. also need it to look good yeah. because you're in an Instagram, social media sort of day and age yeah. where everyone judges you 
by the pictures that yeah. you put out. Yeah. And whether you're a pastry chef or a food blogger or a food stylist or even an independent chef or a restaurant, your food can taste good, but the way you get people to come there is through that photograph Absolutely. or through the props yeah. that you yeah. use or the ceramic tableware that you use that yeah. is completely different from what other people are sort of you know, putting out there because yeah. there are a dime a dozen like pastry chefs and there are like, I mean, once in and Dubai, that's the thing about the culture here. It is a bit of a borrowed culture mm-hmm. because we have, we have um, some of the best restaurants that we have here continue to be restaurants that are not homegrown. We do have some, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are concept restaurants from mm-hmm. other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when someone declares somewhere in Australia or in the US or in the UK that salted caramel is the flavor of the year, every restaurant and cafe wants to do something with salted caramel. So I will have requests coming in for, oh, you know, we'd like to include a new menu item on our dessert menu, but it has to have salted caramel. <laughs> and then um, it's it's a bit limiting in that sense that, you know, you definitely have to like think about this one thing. But the more... Like Dubai is now becoming more and more receptive to newer concepts, to homegrown businesses, Hmm. to something that's a bit niche and unique. And I mean, I've met Dubai Design Week was a couple of weeks ago here in Dubai. And it's incredible how many multidisciplinary artists and talent that you have right here in Dubai who are doing things in food, who are doing things in art and craft and varied businesses. And now they're and, showcasing it as and well. And they're showcasing yeah. it. Yeah. And it's world, and it's it's definitely world class. It's completely different from the Dubai that I knew of when I was working in corporate. I may have probably been one of those people who continued to judge Dubai for the fact that it had no culture. Hmm. And I miss that. I mean, I, I grew up in a Dubai that was um, I mean my parents lived here it was so much about community you could make the city what you wanted for yourself so if you wanted if you were more of an active sort of person or you enjoyed sports or you enjoyed socializing with your community there was a lot of that stuff that you could continue to make for yourself because Dubai was so small Mm. there was nothing so you had to make it for yourself and then the city grew exponentially to a point where I felt very detached from it when I came back to Dubai Where did you come back from? So I grew up here in Dubai in Abu Dhabi and I moved back to India when I was in high school. So I studied in India for about 12 years. I did high school, I did my bachelor's, I did my master's and moved back to Dubai for my first job. And when I moved here, I moved here in my early 20s and I remember... I I didn't know a lot of people. The city felt strangely alien. Mm. It had grown up too fast, too quickly. Mm. And I found myself very detached. I wasn't sure how to make friends. Mm. I wasn't sure. There weren't a lot of opportunities when you're working in corporate as well to have time as well as the opportunity to figure out what your interests and talents and what were. And at that time, I sort of went back to what I knew, which was art and which Mm. was baking. And Mm. these were the things that made me happy. And I wanted to go back to some of that in my free time. And I only ever got an opportunity to do it on the side. And I knew I may want to explore something like this in the future. But 
to be honest, when you're working a corporate job, I don't know how people have that side hustle and then continue to make it. I I really couldn't. So when I broke free from that, I decided that either I was going to go away to a new place because I'm... I've been here now 22 years and I promise you there have been so many times where I'm just itching to leave, (laughs) to go to a new place for a new adventure and that's the kind of person that I am. I get very restless in one place for a long period of time. No, that's me. I get very (laughs) restless if I'm in one place for like three weeks. (laughs) For three weeks? Okay, no, no, we're talking about years here. (laughs) No, I just need to, I need to get up and go and then come back again, you know, and... Sort of reset, right? yeah, Yeah, it just kind of you know, gives you a different... Um, and there's a certain kind of sameness. I think yeah. when I was working in corporate, I loved the people that I worked with and I loved the work that I was doing. But there was just a routine to it. Yeah. And I yeah. don't deal well in routine. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel my creative best. I yeah. don't feel I'm able to give my best. Yeah. I'm not taking initiative. I just sort of feel like, enough, this is enough, you yeah. know. And I hate having to live in that space where... Yeah it's good enough yeah, because yeah. I feel like I can do more yeah. but everyone around you doesn't need more yeah. so it's okay you can dumb it down you yeah. don't need to do more yeah. so I was at a crossroads when I was leaving like thinking about leaving my corporate life behind I was like maybe I should just go back to India or maybe try and start something new and life took a very different turn that's the time I started to date my my now husband and I said oh maybe I'll just stay and then I was like oh my god I'm gonna stay for a boy who am I and one thing led to another and suddenly this place started to feel like home and a lot of things I mean not a lot have had changed physically in terms of my I was still working a corporate job I still had my regular group of friends but something about my mind set changed it just shifted and I said you know what I can make that change right here yeah I don't need to feel like I have to escape and run away from here yeah and that's when I started to decide that if I made Dubai home Mm -hmm. I would make some changes about the way I lived about the kind of work that I was putting out there the kind of kind clients and initiatives I would attract to to myself to make me happy which would all and also meet different kinds of people exactly and it's been incredibly rewarding to be in this space where I've continued to learn and grow and my career has completely pivoted like I mean I can meet someone a couple of months from now and be like, oh, you know, oh, you aren't doing that anymore. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) And I don't I don't feel like I need to apologize for it because and it's been incredibly humbling and incredibly rewarding. Um, A lot of the work, I mean, a lot of the work I've done, some of them have failed, but a lot of the things that I do have actually succeeded which has been fantastic. I've had clients that have come back. They want to do new menus, bigger menus. They've started new restaurants and I continue to do work there. And it's been it's been incredible. That's absolutely awesome. It's been so, so nice talking to you. Thank Marlene. you. Oh, really, I mean, even though I'm jet lagged. But, <laughs> but I think this conversation has kind of, um, you know, 
kind of made me forget my jet lag. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. And I wish you luck with everything else that you're doing. Um, Thank you so much. And, you know, and obviously we'll be in touch. Of course. And do keep me updated. I will. And I hope you get to see more of this side of Dubai when you're here. Absolutely. Because, I mean, Dubai is, is not just sort of like the... The flashy cars and the yeah, no. yeah I mean, honestly, the fanciness. I have seen. I've been to Dubai several times, and I have. I mean, I do know of the Dubai when what you mentioned. Correct. Like back in the nineties. In the 90s, yeah. when it was like a community, there weren't that many people. To what it has grown to now, with you know the way this it, it's expanding, and you know all these. Uh, when I was driving from the airport uh, to the hotel, and I looked at all these. High rise, you know. Every time I come to Dubai, I see something new, <laughs> and they look like Lego blocks. Anyways, <laughs> so. I had I had a an uncle who came in from London a few years ago, and he's like, "Oh my God, it looks like Star Wars here! <laughs> like, what are these things?" And I, know, I mean, and we have dusty skies in Dubai yeah, all the time. Futuristic <laughs> buildings, and you know, yeah. so yeah, no, absolutely. And I made a new friend. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much. It was lovely to meet you. Likewise, thank you. Despite my jet lag, I absolutely had to meet Malvika on this flying visit to Dubai, and I'm so happy that I did. It's really fascinating to hear her talk about her ever-evolving search for new ways in which to enhance herself, and a marketing background has definitely helped her in reaching out to lots and lots more people. From baking artisanal cakes to designing dessert menus for restaurants to even making spice mixes to now ceramics. I wonder what's next to Malvika. Seriously, she reminds me of me. I wish her all the success with Piece of Bake. Do check out her Instagram and Facebook pages and also her blogs and whichever other social media you can find her on. And do continue to support me as well. Until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.